Hey, before we get started with today's episode, we wanted to present a word from our sponsors. Hello, I'm Dr. Sam Owens, the new Director of Operations at Hawkins Laboratory. Hawkins Power and Light is a subsidiary of Hawkins Laboratory and a tremendous source of pride to us and the members of our community. Here at Hawkins Power and Light, we're committed to cultivating a perception of excellence. Our top priority is to serve the community of Hawkins, and we promise to light our way through every type of darkness. Hawkins Power and Light, powering dreams. Just kidding. That's not a word from our sponsors. That's a promotion that Netflix is doing. I guess there was a billboard around town that had a 1-800 number on it. And if you called the 1-800 number, you would get to hear all of these awesome sounds. And if you left your address, you would get an amazing package from Hawkins Power and Light. Unfortunately, we did not get the package, but we did listen to it and we hope you enjoyed it. Welcome to the Upside Down Podcast. This is Ash. This is Tori. And today we are going to be reviewing Stranger Things Season 2, Episode 2, Trick or Treat Freak. That's kind of harsh, guys. Yeah, it's kind of harsh. (laughs) So this episode starts with Eleven, and she is taking up where she leaves off on Stranger Things Season 1. She's waking up, and when I was watching it with someone, they said, do you think that they shot that, like, at the end of Season 1? But then when she stood up and started walking around, I said, oh, no, she's definitely... Fake. <laughs> I don't know. They did a good job, but you yeah. can tell that she's older. Yeah. So she wakes. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I couldn't tell by because she's older. I could tell because like the the hairline just looked like I don't know, like like Pee Wee Herman or something. It like freaked me out. Makeup artist of Stranger Things. Stop! I think your, I think your work is fantastic. Thank <laughs> you guys are excellent. So she wakes up and she is in the Upside Down in Hawkins, and it looks a little bit more dramatic than I remember Hawkins Upside Down looking. But she's walking around and she's kind of hearing everything and. She sees the light at the end of the tunnel, and she walks towards it. And when she looks through, she sees the lights, the lights flashing. So you still see some, I think it's probably FBI agents looking for her to see if she's left. And they leave, and so she pushes herself through. And I'm sorry to make this analogy, guys, but it legit looks like a vagina. Like she's No! It does. It looks like, not like a literally, but it looks like she's being reborn. Yeah, it's pretty, oh, the baby. She's being reborn. Like she's pushing herself through. That's... I mean, it's what it looks like. It's kind of, it was it, it was funny too because she kind of looks like she's been slimed, like in Ghostbusters, oh, when yeah. Slimer would like hit one of them. I was yeah. like, oh, she's been slimed. She's covered in goop. But we see her, and the first thing she does when she gets loose is she runs to the Wheeler house. I feel like that's a far, like a far run. I mean, I know she, that everything's like pretty. She close, is a but, super. Like, she is like a does superhero. She have a super speed though. Is, no. is that one of Eleven's new strengths? But I think if you like wake up from the upside down, you probably have like it's kind of like a burst of energy or like yeah. what is it called? An adrenaline rush when yeah. you're faced with some kind of insurmountable, you know, thing like moms yeah. lifting up cars. She was probably like, "I'm not dead." Yeah. And then she was like, "Where's my boyfriend?" <laughs> <laughs> so she runs to the Wheeler house and she sees all the cars outside and it goes to Mike and he's talking to the agents. Uh, one of the things I thought that was really funny was when the agents were talking to Ted and Ted was like, "Yes, we're all sir." Patriots in this house. Yeah, and he does the like little salute. Yeah. I was like, "Ted's the best. He's the worst, but he's the best." Yeah. I would love to talk to that actor. But it goes to 11 or not 11, it goes to Mike and Mike sitting in the chair and he's, you know, he says I'll the never thing. Tell you. And this is where I feel like that 
shot must have been either a reshoot or it must have been done later because in the first episode Mike still kind of or Finn still or well Finn playing Mike still looks kind of young but here is like the oldest that he looks the entire season and there's no way that that is just hours from when Eleven defeated the Demogorgon in season one yeah it didn't really bother me because I suspended my disbelief but I was like man that's a bummer because they were probably like man we knew where we wanted to go but we didn't realize Finn was gonna sprout up like a beanpole so quickly that was a beautiful scene i like when it shows 11 and you can see the sliver of her looking through the window and she's looking at him and he makes that same kind of like dreamy i love you face and he's wondering you know is she there do i see her here's one question that i do have so later in the episode well i guess it's later in the season but i don't think this is necessarily a spoiler you hear some hot people at hawkins say those bad people are gone the bad people that did those things to 11 are no longer here right yeah however if that's the case who are these people that are at the wheeler's house these are just more hawkins agents right but they're bad like they're saying no but like i mean like um what's that what's the doctor's name the new doctor or the yeah, old doctor? Yeah, the new doctor. The new doctor is Dr. Owens. Yeah, Dr. Owens, I'm pretty sure he still, like, wants to get Eleven. Because they still have to hide her because there's people looking for her. Right, but they seem, like, villainous. Like, one of the people the two says... People? No, they don't seem villainous when yes, they're talking to Mike. They definitely do. I literally watched it, like, ten minutes ago, and they're kind of just, like, she... Everything she's telling you, like, wasn't true because, like, they... Right, but it's it's a sneaky kind of like when Catherine Dyer went to because, or when well, Agent Connie Fraser went to that he knows what he knows, like if that makes sense. Well, I thought that it seemed kind of like they were villainous, like they they're saying you know Eleven, what she told you isn't true. It, they seem evil, like they seem like Ka- Connie Fraser when she's talking to Randy or Mister Clark in season one, and she's like, oh, I just want to find these good kids. I just do you know any good kids that would help us? It kind of seemed like they were still in that group, and when. Dr. Owens or whoever at Hawkins says the people that did that are no longer that's later in the season they said something about 11 in that they he's yeah they say that I thought Hopper said that he's just I'm essentially saying that later in the season they're gonna say that those bad people are gone they're no longer here yeah and I'm saying there's no way that those people are gone because it was like what five FBI agents or so that got killed with the Demogorgon Dr. Brenner is kind of we don't know as of this episode we're not sure what's happened to him I just felt like oh there's definitely some evil remnants of the Hawkins lab people around yeah I guess that's all I was thinking like when I watched the scene I thought oh because if all the bad people were gone then they wouldn't be I mean they're helping well creepy I think that's a quick cut. And then, and then it goes to her under yeah, the tree. Yeah, she realizes. Oh my God, that scene. Ooh. You're right. She realizes that they're looking for her and she, that, you know, they're, she's not free, that bad people still want her. So she runs into the woods and then there's the shot of her under the tree, which was nice because it kind of reminded me of season one when she was first found by the kids in the rain. Yeah. Though kind of like shadowy, like she was hiding. Yeah. Oh, it goes to the scene with Hopper and Eleven. It goes to Hopper. He's cooking her French toast. They're having breakfast. He turns around and she's the ghost. Yeah. He's like, ah, ghost. Which everybody, you probably noticed this at home, but, you know, they're the Ghostbusters and she's a ghost. That was super cute. And I like how she's like, trick or treat. And I was thinking, how does she know about that? But then it was like, oh, she watches TV all day. Yeah, I'm sure there's commercials. I hate, I hate the way, I hate the way Hopper, it reminds me of in season one, I remember when we were talking about this, and he was explaining promise to Eleven, he was like, it's something you can't break, and I remember, I'm still angry about that, because that is not the definition of promise, and the way that he, like, explains compromise, he just says calm promise, like she, like she's supposed to know what he's talking about, but then he says halfway happy, and I'm like, okay, I guess that works, but ah, that really just brought me back to an oof. 
That's not a good description for a promise. I liked when he tussled her hair. Yeah, that was cute. When he's like, all right, buddy. I was like, that's sweet. She put too much Mrs. Butterworth on her French toast that really bothered me. Well, they do that later in the season, too, with Lucas's sister. She drenches her yeah. pancakes in <sighs> the syrup, too. Oh, no. And then it goes over to the buyer's house and it switches to, they kind of do what they did in season one, episode one, where Joyce was getting ready for work and Jonathan Mm -hmm. was cooking in the kitchen and then she goes into the bedroom to find Will and she's like, Will? Will? And I thought, oh, this is nice. It's kind of like a throwback to people that were big fans of season one. And I guess if you're watching season two, you definitely were. And then she goes in, Will's just going to the bathroom, right? That's what happens, right? What happens after that? What are you doing? He's like, I'm peeing. Then after that, it goes to Jonathan taking pictures of him as the Ghostbusters, and they're all holding up, like, their things. Oh, yeah, because she sees the picture of the monster in his room before she takes him to school. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. she sees the picture of the monster, and she asks him, what is this? And he says, oh, it's just a drawing. I'm doing a drawing for a paper that I'm her. writing. And it's like, why do you even throw that in? You could have just yeah. been like, I'm... Because then I would have been like, a paper on what? On <laughs> For a story I'm writing. Oh, uh, for a story. That makes more sense. I don't, I don't know why he won't just tell her. I mean, like, at this point... Never mind. I don't want to get into like well, the later he episodes. I'm sure but. he just doesn't want her to worry. Yeah, it's probably just like he's not sure what's happening, and he doesn't. He loves his mom. Like they're very yeah. close, and he's he doesn't want to freak her out just yet. Yeah, but uh, they are all getting ready, and I thought it was cute when they were taking the pictures. That's cute. I liked uh, Lucas's. I thought his was funny. Ugh. Uh, when the mom, it made more sense when he keeps doing that thing because she was like, "Let me see those pearlies." Oh yeah, I love their relationship. I like it's all the so families. Cute. I like the everybody has such a good relationship. Yeah. But then they get to the school and they're all singing the Yep. And you notice that Will's costume is like secondhand. Yeah. Or it's homemade. And it's funny because I don't know if this is on purpose or if it's just something that's like organic. But in the show, I think that Lucas and Dustin and Mike all live by each other. And that neighborhood where they shoot, those houses are all like two houses from each other. So I guess they're supposed to come from a little bit wealthier families. And then. Oh, and then Will. And Will probably comes from, you know, one parent working nonstop. So their costumes look like purchased, but like maybe iron on patches. Yeah. They have zippers and pockets and a jean jacket kind of look. like plastic and wing and like. Yeah. And his is a jumpsuit and she sewed the patches on. So I thought that was a nice little touch. I was like, that's that's interesting. Yeah. But they don't even bring it up in the show. It's just something that you notice. Like, oh, he comes from a different, you know, his lower income family. Um, I really liked the scene with Venkman. Yes, me too. I thought it was so funny because that is true. Like, you know, in the characters, there's three white guys and there's one African-American guy. And it was just funny that (laughs) Lucas was like, I I don't want to be Winston. I can't be him. Why not? Because he's black? Yeah, for the record, Winston's cool, but he does, like... Yeah, he comes in later, so I can see, like, why you want to be him. And if you're a fan of the movie, you want to be one of the three main guys that's through the whole movie. Winston comes in, but he comes in at the very end. Winston is personally one of my favorites, but it's fine. I think Winston's (laughs) cool, but I did... I thought that was really funny that Lucas just kind of called him on it, and (laughs) Mike's like, what? No, that's not why. I was like, no, he never agreed to that. (laughs) I... This... It's also where Gaten is like guys 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 and you think oh no something's happening but it's just that nobody's wearing halloween costumes i think we should do a super cut of every time in the show somebody says guys i feel like steve and gaten go guys 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 I love a r- lot really quick just as much as nancy season, says asshole yeah oh my god <laughs> asshole i love um i just love the like similarities between dustin and steve this season because that's that's definitely one of them and then the uh, where they say the S word a lot. I'm not going to say it, but... Why? I don't know. <laughs> this is an open podcast. I, I feel weird saying it. But they do that thing where, like, um, I don't know. Yeah, just, like, 
there's a lot of similarities between them and it's cute. So after that part, it goes to a scene with Joyce and Hopper. They're sitting at the table. They're talking about Will. Oh, she's confiding in him that, you know, she found the drawing and why wouldn't Will tell her about this? And he's just basically like, things are never going to be the same again, but maybe they'll be better. I don't like that she talks to Hopper and not Bob about it, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand because she's not allowed to talk about it with anyone, so she has to. But it seems like an intimate relationship. Yeah, definitely. Weird. I mean, it's not weird because ultimately I think I would like Joyce and Hopper to end up together. Yeah. But Bob is such a good guy that Mm -hmm. it's like, Joyce, come on. And I think she realizes it when Hopper hands her the cigarette and she says, you know, we used to share these between fifth and sixth periods and he gives her this kind of cutesy look and she kind of like holds the cigarette like, oh, this is kind of strange, uncomfortable. Like now I... Stranger things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then he goes back to Hawkins' lab and there, something's broken. Do you know what broke? Like... They have, they send somebody into the upside down and they like fix it. He like replaces a battery uh, part and the then lights he's, go off or something. Yeah, and then he he puts a battery part or something back and he's like, "All right, we're back in order." And here's the takeaway that I got from that. Oh wait, did, did something happen at the end of the last episode with Hawkins? Maybe, but I don't. I didn't remember like a utility box or something being torn down. No, I think it was like I don't know. Something happened and they had to like the lights went off. Oh, like the power board went off. Oh, yeah, that's well, that's what fixed yeah. when they did it. Yeah. But the takeaway that I took from that is you can record in the upside down. Oh, that's weird. I feel because like... they had video footage of the yeah, guy walking weird. in the upside down. And I thought, oh, why aren't you doing that all the time? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you'd be getting like put a little Range Rover in there like on Mars, just like yeah. have it crawling around, seeing what's happening. Um, but that's what I was wondering. Range Rover? Yeah, you know, you like Curiosity Rover. Yeah, Range Rover. Whatever, <laughs> one of those rovers. <laughs> Something with a camera yeah. that can like record. That'd be cool. They, yeah, they should get like a. Because if you can record the upside down, like, wouldn't that be what you would be exploring, but yeah. not being in there to be sucked down alive by something? Yeah. Oh well, I mean, a little bit later in the season when they go on in the recording, like it gets, like it like cuts out. So I think like once you get to a certain point in the upside down, it'll kind of like. Like, lose, like, power. I don't know. True, true. <laughs> what? True, true. I agree. True, true. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> That's from that Cloud Atlas movie. <laughs> oh, God. True, true. That true, movie's true. horrible. So after this scene, it goes to Steve and Nancy. They're in the library, mm-hmm. and they're, like, studying. I thought it was funny to see Nancy using one of those old-school crank pencil Oh, yeah. Sharpeners. Uh, we, we still have those in my school, so I don't know. That's not that old school. Your school needs a better budget. Yeah, we do. Because <laughs> those things, like, hurt your hand. Yeah, they do. I was watching it, and Kilby came into the room, and she saw when Nancy sees the girl that looks like Barb, and Kilby's like, Barb's alive. She lived. <laughs> and I said, no, Nancy's just kind of, you know, she's seeing her, her Barb everywhere that she looks. And then the girl turned around, and Kilby's like, where's Barb's glasses? And I was like, that's not Barb. That's not Barb. <laughs> so after that happens, Steve and Nancy go into... like a little study room and they're talking and Nancy's this is where Nancy starts to have her freak out you realize that she's you know she's worried about Barb and she wants to do something and Steve is being completely reasonable he's like she acts like he's being terrible but Steve is just saying look like Like what else are they supposed to do yeah these horrible people let us live we know too much we just need to be teenagers. Like, there's nothing that we can do about it, so let's just live our lives. Yeah. And, I mean, I see what Nancy's saying. Like, we should do something for her, but at this particular point in well, time, like, you're think thinking, about, like, what? Yeah, what do you... think about what could happen. Like, if, if it if it got messed up, like, they could, like, kill all their families. Like, honestly. Yeah, I felt like they were trying to make Steve seem like he was being bad, but I thought, like, he's not being bad. He's being totally reasonable yeah. with her. He's just like, let's just go to all this party. I feel like let's trying just... to, like, dumb Steve down this season, but he's smart. Like, the thing in the car 
And then, like, um... Well, there's some later know. points in other episodes where he says some things, and you're just like, what? Yeah. yeah, which I don't understand, because he wasn't like that last season. I agree. I don't think he was stupid last season, either. But you gotta do what you gotta do. Like the Germans? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite lines in the yeah. series. So then we see Lucas and Dustin, and they're in the hallway, and this is where they kind of introduce themselves officially to Max. They're in their Ghostbusters outfits, and you know that they're going to blend with Max because when they say to her, you don't have any friends, it's dangerous out there, let's go trick-or-treating, we can protect you or something, and she's like, why? Because you have proton packs? That's like a slight little nod, yeah, like, like oh, Max is like a nerd too. She's into geek culture, she watches Ghostbusters. She well, knows what Ghostbusters a- like a geeky movie in the 80s? I was not alive. I was a kid, so I don't, I don't remember. It was... I mean, everybody watched it. Like, it was yeah. a huge it's movie. Weird to think like, that, everybody watched it. Yeah. Like, it's weird to think that movies, like, I'm not just Ghostbusters, but movies that were, like, considered, like, geeky or, like, people, like, were weird for watching, like, Star Wars and stuff now. Like, everybody likes them. Yeah. And it's also that maybe it wasn't, like, the geek factor was in the fact that they dressed up like them and that they knew everything yeah. about the proton packs. It, it wasn't just, like, you went and you saw a movie. Like, people are like, oh, you guys are nerds for Stranger Things because a lot of people watch Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. But we, like, know the actors' names. We know the movies they were in before. We've we know the toys to that the are places. coming out. Like, yeah. So I think that's what it is. Like, maybe they were just geeks because they knew everything. Like, they are like, here's our proton pack and here's our little Ghostbuster catcher yeah. thing. I like that she knew about the proton pack. That was cute. Yeah, I like that, too. So then it goes to Eleven, and Eleven is sitting in the cabin, and she is watching different shows, and she stops on a soap opera, and she starts to mimic the actress. I thought it was interesting, because I remember that soap opera slightly. My grandmother watched it, and that lady was Erica, Erica Kane, and she was on, the actress that played that soap opera was like, I think she's one of the longest soap opera stars ever. Like, she she just got off it. Like, she was on it from, like, when she was in her 30s to in her late 50s. Mm-hmm. So, I think they probably chose it because she's Erica Kane. She's a really That's big soap opera star. I, which I would have never known if know, Grant didn't watch it. Yeah, I didn't even know it was a soap opera. I was like, is that, I, I don't know. I just figured that they were trying to show that Eleven was, like, trying to mimic things. And I really, like, when she was doing that... I, I liked really, her mimicking, and I thought I it was I wanted cute. her to come back, like, later, and I thought they were going to do this, where she would say something from one of the soap operas, and somebody would be like, what? But that never happened! Yeah, I was hoping for that, too. Spoiler. <laughs> it <laughs> That's doesn't. <not> a spoiler. <laughs> I was hoping Mike would say something to her, and she'd be like, me? Yes! Or whatever. Ugh, I wanted Maybe so they bad. did have that, and then they cut it, because it just didn't fit, Probably. or it wasn't, or like, the right moment. people just, like, wouldn't have connected it, probably been like, what? What is wrong with her? <laughs> Oh, and Eleven is, after she's watching the soap opera, she goes over to the window and she opens it and she sees the cute little squirrel. Guys, I did not like the next scene. scene. I like that they connected it from season one where she saw the cat and then she had the flashback of being, you know, with Dr. Brenner trying to make her do the mean things to the cat. she actually... But then it goes back to it... And she, she couldn't have, like gone like nuts and berries. Like, I obviously. mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, no qualms to that. If you're, if you're starving and you're yeah. dying, you got to do what you got to do. But just in general, how does she know how to do that? How does she know how to do that? I mean, you just figure stuff out. She knows it's food. She's how does hungry. she know how to build a fire? I don't know. I don't know. Duffer Brothers? That didn't bother me. What bothered me was the the squirrel hitting the tree. I hope yeah. that was fake. I think it is. No, but it's, it says somebody... In movie things, you're not allowed to, like, kill or hurt yeah, animals. Yeah, Stranger Things tweeted, like, no squirrels were harmed in this episode. But it was very upsetting when I saw it. I did not like it at all. And then, so anyway, so she's roasting the squirrel, and she's eating it. And a man comes up, and he's like... Hey, what are you doing out here? We don't know what happens to him Does later. She kill him? I don't think she kills him. I think she just knocks him out and then he probably wakes up later and he's yeah. just like, Whoa, what happened? And he it prob the blow was probably so hard that he forgot. Like it just didn't 
Maybe yeah. he didn't remember what happened, or maybe hopefully he didn't freeze to death. I bet he was with the party and they yeah. came and got him. He is not important. <laughs> yeah. But I like that she took the jacket and the hat. Um, and this goes to your thing. When the trailer came out, there was a meme that was like, Eleven got a new hat. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. So then she's trucking through the snow. Here's something that's weird to me. How did Hopper know to give her yeah, I, to I bring no to bring the uh, the waffles and the Tupperware into the little box? Like I think what happened was that after he did it initially, she started coming back, and he was like, "Oh, maybe she's out here," and he kept returning, bringing her food. But the first time I that he left it out there, she, how would he know to put it there? Yeah, how does he know to put it there? How does she know how to find it there? How does he know she likes Egos? Well, I think she finds it by mistake. I think she's just been wandering the woods and she sees a box and she's like oh i'm gonna check this out and then she's like oh dang there's food in here and it's egos how does he know that she's alive in the first place well that's the question right hawkins maybe he has to go to hawkins remember maybe it's that conversation that we're wondering what happened maybe they were like we think she's alive we think she's in the woods you can leave her stuff i don't know (laughs) yeah well if they knew where she was though they're looking for her so they it feels seems like they wouldn't that seems like a weird that's a question that i would like to ask david harbour if he's ever on the podcast dreams but yeah so she finds the ego and she's it you know it turns out that i guess once she gets it once he's like oh somebody's getting them and he keeps bringing them back yeah what if it was like a deer (laughs) He's <laughs> just feeding the deer. Yeah. The deer sees the box. It well, takes its little hoof. <laughs> yes. Takes its little hooves. <laughs> and it like pries open the box. And then it and then it takes the saran wrap off the Eggo waffles. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I would like that. I like that better than, I'd a, like that, yeah. than a squirrel smashing against a tree scene. <sighs> what happens next? Oh, pumpkins. David Harbour sees some more pumpkins. Right? Mm-hmm. And he goes out. And then there's the guy that everyone... I don't know who we thought this guy was in the previews. He kind of had a Dustin-like hat on in the previews. Oh, yeah. Everybody's <laughs> freaking out thinking that Dustin was going to be... That was such a, like, far-fetched. But we don't know what happens. We're only on episode two. We'll have to, oh, we'll have to mean, wait. Uh, yeah. We're going to have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. But so he Hopper goes out to the farm, the pumpkin farm, and sees everything and starts... I thought this was another like ghostbuster thing where he puts his hand in the goop and i liked what he was talking Ew. to the deputies and he's like we don't know what this is don't touch it and the one deputy's already got his hands yeah. in the goop and he's like touching it so hopper goes around and he's like let's start flagging all the areas of goopage or i don't know what he's goopage. looking for what's he looking for like just the goop like or the dead pumpkins yeah, yeah. rotted peels yeah. i don't know <laughs> so he goes to that and i don't know this doesn't happen next, but he ends up being late for his thing with Eleven, and I like when he reverses to try to get the kids Halloween candy, and the kids oh, like, yeah. uh-uh. You know what? I don't know that a, ha- a kid would give away Halloween candy for, fi- for, for money. $5 now. No, because kids, like, for most things, kids are like, yeah, $5, $10, but, like, Halloween candy, that's, yeah. like, that's like a precious gem. once a year, and you have gem. to save for it, like, all year, because, like, I don't know any parents that are just I don't know about buying their kids candy. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but when I was little and I had my candy and my mom would come over and take, like, a Snicker bar out of it, my eyes would just be like, she must be crazy. Yeah, this has like, nothing to do with anything. Well, I mean, I guess it does. But Jimmy Kimmel did that thing where he... Um, oh, this is so funny. Yeah. yeah, where he would, like, told the parents to tell their kids that he... They, they ate, ate all the Halloween candy, oh yeah. Oh, my God, it's so funny. And the kids just freak out because they can't believe it. Or some are really sweet, and they're like, that's okay. Oh. <laughs> I feel like that's what Eleven would not do. She'd be the exact opposite. No. So then we see um, Billy and Max, and they're driving, and he gets mad at her for something. For talking to Lucas, maybe? Spe- Ooh. Can I touch on that real quick? Yeah. Is he racist? I don't know. <laughs> what? 
What? I don't know. I didn't. The whole. I just, uh, like when I watched it initially, that is not. I didn't. That's exactly what I thought because he's not talking about the other boys. He's only talking about Lucas. Right, but she's only ever with Lucas. Like the other kids aren't. I mean, she's with all the boys, but yeah. every time. I mean, he, I guess we'll touch on that like episode eight when it like when he's every time. Oh, I mean, I don't know. That every really gets me every time he sees her, she is only with one solo boy, Lucas. So the kind of dominant figure that he is, I feel like any boy that she was with that was kind of nerdy, he would be like, "That's not for you." Like that's what I thought when I first watched it when I watched it again I was like maybe is he like I don't yeah, know but that's an episode I know we're not but that if she was with all of the boys and he was like yeah in episode eight that's what he does right but she's already he's already on Lucas like he's already yeah like I mean I yeah I don't know they they, they interviewed um Decker yeah and he was like no he's not racist that's not what was oh, what was going on okay but I mean you can interpret it however that you want a out. lot of people think yes and if it was it would be a smart storyline because there's not a lot of African-American like, kids in the series as a whole yeah so it would make t- sense if there was like a predominantly white town and there was like this African-American kid but um I don't know. Like, when I watched it the first time, I didn't think that. But I think it's because it was always them solo together. And I thought maybe he was just like, you're not hanging out with anybody. Who do you think you are to have a friend? I don't understand why he, like... He, like, hates her, and he, like, doesn't want to do anything for her. And he's like, that's not my sister. But then he's like, I just want to protect you. Like, what? (laughs) Well... I mean, we, hear, we we really can't go into any of that until we do the wrap-up episode after the final season is over. Yeah. Then we can go more into details on that. But I think right now, right now in this episode, they are forced to be in Hawkins. We know that much. We know that she blames him, and we know that he blames her. And that's all we really know. We're not really... You know, in this episode, you don't know how are they connected yet? Why yeah. do they live together? He just says, we're family now, and that's that. Yeah. And, but we don't really know anything, except that he's a lunatic. Yeah. I thought he's his performance, even though he's, like, a bad dude, that actor does an excellent job. Like, he just is... He, he like, embodies, like, yes. these jerks. He's it's, great. Oh, so good. He's great. Especially like, with the... um. Just, like, with the costuming and, like, the hair and just, like, like his demeanor. Ah, oh, so good. One of my favorite parts is when he's driving her in the whatever the car. I saw that car by mistake. The Camaro. Yeah, I was driving around and I saw it. And I took a picture of it because I was like, that's a cool 80s car. And we like 80s things. And then when we saw the show, I was like, that was the car that I saw. I looked back at my pictures and that's it was cool. it. Um, I wish I would have known. But uh, I like when he's driving with her and he starts to speed up and he's being a lunatic and he's going to hit the kids when they're like on their bikes going trick or treating. And she's like, stop, stop, you're going to hit him. And he starts like doing that dance where he's like, oh, and it's I was like, what a lunatic. But it's brilliant. It reminds me of Lost Boys. It's literally Lost Boys, like the main boy from the Lost Boys. (laughs) Boys. The evil, the vampire or the The, brother that accidentally turns vampire together. Like it just like. Ugh, it's so good. It just, like, brought me, like, straight back to the 80s, which I was never in, but... (laughs) So, I think after that scene, it's, like, the boys are going to the buyers. They're... I don't... I don't know... It, like, the timeline seems wrong. Like, they're bi- maybe they're biking home from school or something, but then they all meet up at the buyer's house, and then Will gets dropped off by Jonathan, and he convinces Jonathan to, like, let him go by himself, which is totally stupid, Jonathan. Like, come on. Your brother yeah, was almost in the upside down, which you would have to say is, like, look, what if I trail behind? What if I'm just kind of in the zone? I'm kind of in the area, but, you know, you kind of go off with your friends, but I'm, like, five minutes away. Not like, yeah, you go yeah, trick-or-treating, go even though you have to go to the hospital once a month to get yeah, checked in on because you're having problems. Yikes. I just thought it was so dumb. And then when it happens, when the people jump out at him and he has his episode, I just thought, this is, you, who so didn't sad. know this? What is, yeah, it was sad, but it was like, 
had Jonathan been there, he would have seen him. It was just stupid. Yeah. I couldn't believe that he let him go. Although in the show, Jonathan's a teenager and they don't always make the best choices. Yeah. So I was like, I forget that. Then it goes over to the party for a few minutes. Like, Jonathan decides he's going to go to the party. Which my friend Dallas is in. She was an extra. And I saw her when uh, Jonathan is getting out of his car. Uh, she walks right by the car. I was like, I know her. She goes to my school. They have some great songs in this episode. It must have cost them a lot of money. They have Girls on Film by Duran Duran. Oh, And then song. they have... How was that song? Oh, Shout at the Devil by Motley Crue, which I, oh. lo- I love that song. I'm like, Shout at the Devil. I was like, yes, that song is so good. The Duffer Brothers, they get it. Oh, I noticed that um, that Steve and Nancy were dressed as the people from, um, what's that? Risky Business. I didn't know who the fuck Nancy was. Sorry, but I She's knew. the main. I knew who he was. I knew who Steve was immediately because there's a famous yeah. shot of Tom Cruise in a black shirt and a black jacket with those glasses. And she on her wall. Going like, ah. No, she has a picture just of generic Tom Cruise in a jean jacket, like, oh, okay. like a teen bop poster. So I knew who Steve was, but the whole time I was like, who is Nancy? Like, I yeah. don't know who she is. Because in the movie, I think the guy that I have not seen Risky Business in forever, but I the girl he likes is like blonde with blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like he, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't rock I didn't know who she was, but I knew who Steve was. Yeah. Because that was just, they did, that was a really nice subtle touch that the Duffer Brothers did where they did the exact scene where Steve's like, ha ha. Yeah. He does that same thing in Risky Business. And I was like, that's Duffer Brothers, you know your shit. So Jonathan comes into the house. This is one part that I thought was kind of stupid. So Jonathan comes into the house and he's looking around and this girl comes up to him and she's like, hey. And he's like, hey, I like your costume, Kiss. She is clearly Susie from Susie and the Banshees. And I feel like... Are you... Wait. Yeah. Then why... Jonathan would know that. Like, he wouldn't... She's not Kiss. She doesn't look like anyone from Kiss. Did she correct him? No, she doesn't. She just kind of... She giggles at him. Like, she kind of laughs. But I I thought Jonathan is into The Clash and Joy Division. Talking heads. Talking heads. He would definitely... For some reason. He would definitely know who they were. She was like, you're going to listen to... Oh, I think it was this episode where she's like... You're you're going to sit in your room. The Talking Heads. For some reason, that really bothered me. I know it's The Talking Heads. And you're going to read Vonnegut. Yeah, it sounds so unnatural. But yeah, that's... That's weird. I but like I thought like he that. wouldn't. Yeah, that was a for me. I thought that was very strange when he said, "Oh, your kiss." I was like, he would know Susie and the Banshees. There's no way. Yeah. If you're into that kind of, I mean, I guess she's more gothic industrial. But in the '80s, she was. You you'd know her. I felt like he would know her. Uh, then it cuts away. He kind of sees Nancy and he sees Steve doing their funny dancing. And then I think it goes back. And this is when that episode happens. Yeah. They, they cut back and forth between the kids trick or treating and the party. I wonder why Mike leaves Will. Like, why does he? I mean, like, I obviously he's like upset or whatever about Max, and he like runs up. But I feel like he would stay with him. He doesn't go too far. I think yeah. it was just that. I think far maybe to where it takes, he's able to have like a full minute and a half episode. Right, but you can see it because it's like they're in a rich neighborhood, and Mike goes to the top of a driveway. I think it's just like yeah when we. Went trick-or-treating there some of those driveways were so long that we were like we're not going to those houses yeah but I think Mike probably was being bitter because he was like Max is ruining the best day of the year and he probably walked up a long drive and while he was like standing there waiting for the people to pass out the candy Will has his episode and then he gets back to him yeah it probably was you know just really in a quick time span he was probably away from him for like four minutes or something yeah but he shouldn't have left him but i think when you're emo mike you're just all (laughs) you're all in your own zone you're all about yourself you're just not too worried about other people then after that oh wait come back to the party (laughs) i forgot it also cuts in between the kids the party 
and Eleven's flashbacks because it also Flash shows us what? when she's in the woods. It shows us where Hopper comes through and he's oh, and okay. he and she sees him. She comes out and she's like, "Hey, where they connect with each other." Mm-hmm. But let's get to the best part in this scene, guys. No. This is where the I'm, party. I'm, I'm really gonna cry. Let's not. <laughs> one of my favorite. This is another scene that I thought, or another part that I thought was really good. Besides Billy, like doing his like sweet jam out, was when Nancy, uh, Steve you know, is trying to get Nancy to quit drinking because she's drinking like a lunatic and she dumps the punch all over herself. And of course she says, asshole, because that's Nancy's tagline for this season. Yes. (laughs) Trust me. She says it like... sounds weird. She says it like six times this season. We're going to do a super cut of how many times Nancy says asshole, how many times Steve and Gaten say, or Dustin go, you guys, hey guys, hey guys. And how many times Dustin goes, I feel like that's going to be a three, (laughs) three minute long super cut. Yes. But they go into the bathroom, and I love the part where Nancy is sitting there, and she's rubbing the strawberry color off yeah. her blouse, and Steve's like, it's not going to come out, Nance. And she's like, it's going to come out. Okay, come here. Let me take you home. You come wanted, on. You wanted this. No, I didn't want this. I told you to stop drinking. Bullshit. No, it's not bullshit, Bullshit. Okay? No, it's not bullshit, bullshit. Nancy. No, you. You're Bullshit. I was like, that's classic because it's just. I was talking. I was talking to my teacher, and he was like, "That reminds me of when my wife is drunk." And I was like, "Great." I was like, "Thank you for that." Um, but he was like, "No, she was." He was like, "She did a really good job with like acting yeah. like that." I don't know. We don't drink. Yeah, so. I was like, I don't know. I literally don't like know. <laughs> but I did think it was funny because it just anyone if you're mad or if you're upset at someone and they're you're doing something, they're like, "I'm." It's fine. Even if you're just mad, yeah. you're like, "I can make this work." Yeah. And this is where Natalia starts or. Uh, not Natalia Nancy don't do it don't do it Nancy she starts saying bullshit and then You you don't love me Steve's face looks so crushed this is where I start to have extreme empathy for him because I think to myself I understand that Nancy is mad at him, but in a relationship... kill Barb. But not only that, in a relationship, you wouldn't just... Like, why wouldn't... I know she's drunk at this moment, so it makes zero sense. But later, they should have a conversation where she's just honest and says, I'm just really... I want to do something about this. You know, just because she addressed it with him the first time in the study room, sometimes people need, like, a little bit of pushing. But yeah. instead... Everybody, like, um, anytime anybody posts about this, they're like, yeah, well, she was drunk, so she doesn't know what she was saying shouldn't have gotten drunk in the first place nancy well like, my- that really bothers me like just her being drunk shouldn't like make it okay that she like hurt steve's feelings and like said that to him well i think okay in one way i think that if she's drunk and she says those things and his feelings are hurt that's that's life those things yeah. happen right yeah but because when he, they meet when they later up, yeah when they bring it up later she but she doesn't apologize she was like i was drunk right but they're teenagers and teenagers don't usually say that uh, However, I mean, I'm just being no, real. It's just I lo- no, I know. It's because I love Steve. Like, in <laughs> life, that's not... I mean, I think they're just trying to show that Nancy doesn't like Steve. Like, she likes mm-hmm. him. She likes him. She definitely likes him as a she person. Love him. Right, but she's not in love with him. Which is, again, I know that people are like, Jancy, let's see if that union can happen in this season. But... In season one, you know, Nancy wasn't just crushing on Steve. They, like, had an intimate connection where she... But I feel like it wasn't just an obsession. But if it was just that, then, of course, she doesn't want to be with him this season because once she gets the guy, who cares? Yeah. But it felt more romantic because she ended up with him... She's like, she chose him at the end. And he was... He's a good... Like, he is a good person. He saved her. Maybe it's just been, like, building up inside of her that, like, they can't do anything about Barb and that she's just settling and that she needs some... Like, I don't know. 
Yeah. I don't want Jancy to happen, but I also don't want Stancy to happen. Steve's mine. I read an inter- I read an interview with her, and she one of the things she said was that she doesn't read anything about fan theories, which I was like, you should read. Yeah. I, you should connect with your fans. But, you know, she's a busy lady. Uh, and then the other thing she said was people were really, really rooting for Jancy, which if you don't know, Steve, or Everybody's- sorry, Nancy and Jonathan, people call them Jancy. Or if you're for Steve and Nancy, Stancy. Stancy. So she said everyone wants Jancy to happen, and I thought, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want them to happen at all. Maybe in season one, I kind of wanted them to happen, but in season two, Steve is stellar. No, I like Steve now with just, like, his character development. He doesn't need Nancy. He needs... A new girl, season three, played <laughs> by Tori Jackson. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's not Duffer a, Brothers. It's not a, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Please. Duffer Brothers, contact me. The upside on pod at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm looking for a role. <laughs> I think this is almost the end of the episode, right? Because yeah. he gets heartbroken and he leaves. And then she and, uh, passes John out, and Jonathan... That's, I like that scene a lot. Yeah, here's one thing I didn't like. I I know the C was hurt, but he also should have... I think it would have been cool to show him come back and have him carry her back into the room, because that would have been foreshadowing to, like, Dad Steve. I guess, yeah, I guess they're trying to be, like... Because she was so drunk, he wouldn't leave her at the party. Like, anything could happen to her. Yeah. But, I mean, I know I they know, wanted... I, they're trying to build yeah, a connection with the, her yeah. and Jonathan. And, like, Jonathan's Lame. a better guy. He wouldn't have done that. Steve wouldn't have just left No. Him. I, especially when you go, continue with the season. Yeah, no, he, he wouldn't have. It might, a nice shot would have been Steve returning to the bathroom and or looking... Or Steve pulling her out and then, like, I don't know, Jonathan being like, I'll take her home. And Steve being like, fine, whatever. Well, I think if they're trying to build the connection with Jonathan and Nancy, it's fine if she's just gone. But I think Steve could have returned to the bathroom and been like, Nancy? And then in the next episode, they address it when Tommy's talking to him. But something that shows that he's not, he wouldn't have left her there drunk to just like be on her own. Even if he was hurt, I felt like, especially, come on, dad, Steve, I feel like he would have come back. That's in later episodes, but you'll see. He's very caring and considerate. And I I think he would have come back for her. I don't Mm -hmm. think he left her there. But that scene... I like how clues the parents are this season, because for some reason, like, all throughout the episodes, I was just like, are they gonna, like, freak out? Are they gonna be like, Mike, where are you, Nancy? No, they, like, don't care. She's like... Well, also, the kids are getting older, so I think... Well, Uh and it was the 80s. It was a different time. I mean, also, but it's Hawkins. Yeah, but it was the eighties. It's different times, and if yeah. they and if they think the way you think that the Hawkins people are all good now, right? Yeah. Then they're not worried about it. I think that too. It's just if your kids are thirteen, fourteen, and they're a group with other thirteen, fourteen year olds, and you're in like a neighborhood and you know the whole community, you're probably not too worried about it. Yeah. And Ted, let's get real, he doesn't think about anything. Yeah. And then the mom is just like overwhelmed with Holly and her kids, and is she? Is she, though? Yeah. We find out later on the season. Well, I mean, they don't show it, but I, like, if you're a parent, you're overwhelmed. Like, Mrs. Byers got Will, or she's got Mike, no shit, what am I trying to say? Mrs. Wheeler has Mike and Nancy and Holly, and Nancy is griefing her all the time about everything, Mm -hmm. and Mike is emo Mike, right? Yeah. So, it's kind of just like, that's fine. And then I think after the party scene, after Jonathan takes Nancy to the bedroom, I liked her boots. I thought her boots were funny. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, those are 80 boots. All right. When he covers her up. That was that was a sweet moment. I thought that was a sweet moment. I'm not a huge fan of Jonathan this season, but I thought that was a very sweet moment. Not that his acting is bad. I think it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe I wanted to see more from him. I wanted to see him be bolder because at the end of the last season, he became kind of like. Meek. Yeah, like. 
I don't know. But um, I did think that was a very sweet scene where he took her up and he laid her down. Mm-hmm. And then what does it go? I think that then it ends with Hopper, right? Yeah. Hopper's late and he's got that candy that he paid that kid five bucks for. <laughs> and he shows up and Eleven is not having it. Oh, he she locks him out of the house because he's banging on the door and he's like, I'm going to freeze to death out here. Mm-hmm. So she lets him in. And then what does she and say? She locks herself in the room and she goes to talk to Mike, remember? Oh, that's what it is. He sees the cord. He sees the trail of the yeah. cord on the floor. He's like, she's contacting I like there. that scene. Oh, actually, I guess it starts with the next episode, the part that I really like. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I thought that scene was really... It was like a heavy scene, but I thought it was really sweet when she's... It gets heavier from here. <laughs> when she's in the little room with Mike and he's calling her. And I think it's sweet to know, oh, she goes and she visits him. Like she, yeah. uh, I think that's a, like, it's a very romantic, sweet notion. And then when he sees her, then he just gives up. Or, like, he thinks he hears her. Like, we're supposed to think he yeah. hears her on the walk and he closes it off. And then it, I think it she's ends like, with her just looking and then she's crying, right? She takes the thing off her nose yeah. and her, she's used her powers and she's crying. Heartbreaking. Yeah, I thought it was really sad. I thought that she and Finn did a really excellent job. When do they not? Honestly, like, they're, ugh, the casting for the show, just ridiculous. And I'm so glad that just, like, Noah this season. I feel like I said this last episode, too, but it's just, like, last season we were, like, I hope Noah's good. I hope next season's going to be good with him. And it was. Well, here's a problem is sometimes kid actors are so good when they're kid actors. And then as they get older, they become terrible actors. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting thing to see. I was worried about some of the kids. I thought, oh, no, there's no way they can be as good. Yeah. But they're all steady. Oh, my God. Noah's, so good. But in general, I mean, this show, those kids, everyone is so talented. I love this show. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so next episode is three, which is actually the polywog. I thought the polywog happened in this episode. Uh, I like. I thought because we saw Dustin oh, wait, like, in the, the trash no, can. The end of the episode is him finding the polywog in the bottom of the trash can. Does he? Oh, yeah, he yeah. sees it. He sees it, but it doesn't... We don't see it yet. Yeah. He sees it, like, rumbling around or whatever. Yeah. What's going to happen in episode three? Nobody knows. <laughs> except for millions except of people for, in, the, yeah. in the universe, internationally. Apparently not Jimmy Fallon, because he's only seen one episode. <laughs> oh, I started watching Beyond Stranger Things. Uh, I, I watched, like, half the first episode. I was kind of nervous when it came on, because I thought, oh, no, they're going to review each episode, and they're going to have the cast and everybody talking about it, but then they don't. They just kind of, like, talk about here's a show. random strange... Yeah. I was really hoping, actually, that they would go episode by episode, kind of, because yeah. I thought, that'll be interesting. Be kind of bummed, no, they, because... They, we do like, that straight but... to the last episode. I was like, okay. Yeah, it was the first thing he said was like, what did you think about that? Blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers here. <laughs> Hashtag no spoilers. Lucas's mom was in this episode when, I think it was the first time they introduced her. Was she in the first yeah. episode? No. She is a local Atlanta actress. Oh, sweet. And she is friends with Kat. Oh, nice. <laughs> so... I hope we get to interview her on the podcast. It turns out, so our friend Robert, who was the Hawkins Power and Light guy from season one, he congratulated everyone on season two and how excellent it was. And he he made a, a social media post and he tagged like 10 people. And I thought, oh my gosh, they're all Atlanta extras. And it was like Lucas's mom, the lady that was pushing her daughter at a park in one episode yeah uh, a hawkins guy that approaches the kids at one point i'm trying to be vague because we're only on episode two but there was a lot of people that that live in atlanta and work in atlanta and i just thought that's so awesome i love i love that this show that we're you know so obsessed with is shot right here it's great 
I think that's it. Like, oh, thank you for listening. Oh, we're going to play you out on this episode with a little composition that Tori wrote. So enjoy it. It's great. Do you have anything you want to say? I was going to try to think of something Melly said this episode, but um, I've got one. I hope it doesn't suck. Oh, God. (laughs) Stay strange. Kilby, what was your favorite thing about Stranger Things? Um, when, um, Dart? You like Dustin's pet Dart? Yeah, it makes um, a living pet it. And, and I eat Dustin's food. <laughs> Why didn't you eat Dustin's food? <laughs> yeah. Can you say, I hope it doesn't suck? <laughs> but we're not done yet. Oh, we're done. Thanks for listening to the Upside Down Podcast hosted by Ash and Tori. For more information, visit our website at theupsidedownpod.com. You can also contact us at theupsidedownpod at gmail.com, as well as follow us on our Facebook and Instagram under the Upside Down Podcast. Episodes are released every Monday, so be sure to subscribe to us. We're available on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and Pocket Casts.